0: Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson, host of the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. And before we get started with this week's episode, I want to make sure that you know about an event that we have coming up on Friday night, April the 23rd. We're going to be hosting a live virtual family fun night. And it's going to be so much fun. We're going to go camping and we are going to have entertainment and laughs and prizes and so much fun. For your entire family. There will be something for every member of your family, and it's going to be so much fun. Now, this event is free, but you will need to sign up. So just go to our website, risingaboveministries.org, or go to our app, and you will find all the information you need to know right there. We'll also be sure to include a link in the show notes. So we hope that you will make plans to join us on Friday night, April the 23rd, for our virtual family fun night. Now, I'm so excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Diane Doko Kim. Diane serves as a disability ministry consultant. She's also a national speaker, and she is the author of the book, Unbroken Faith, Spiritual Recovery for the Special Needs Parent. Diane and her husband Eddie live in the San Francisco Bay Area with their two sons, and I had such a great conversation with Diane, and I know that you are going to love hearing what she has to share with us. So now here's my conversation with my new friend, Diane Doko Kim. Diane, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. I, I cannot believe that we are just now meeting Exactly. Unbelievable. It's like, I've known about you all these years. I've known about your book. I've known about your ministry. And yet we have never, this is the first time we have ever had a conversation.
1: Right. It's as if we had been living parallel lives in different parts of the country and only now are we
0: converging. Only now. And, and, you know, it's just crazy because our lives are in so many ways, there's, there are so many similarities in what we do and, and our families and, but I don't, I know a little bit about your family, but I would love for you to share with our listeners a little more about you, where you live, and, and about your family.
1: Absolutely. So my husband, Eddie, and I have been married for 22 years this year, and we have two boys, one, uh, Jeremy, he is 19 this year. And he has autism and ADHD and a couple other diagnoses. Just keep things fun.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah,
1: and uh, we also have a second son who is in ninth grade, and we
0: live out in California Mm -hmm. in the world famous Silicon Valley. Wow! Wow! Yeah. You know, I always love hearing about the journey for our special needs families when Mm -hmm. we when we do these podcasts. So I would love for you to like go back in your mind to those early days when you are just finding out the news about your son's diagnosis, I know that's not really fun to actually think back to them, but it's, I think it's important. And and so what were those days like for you and for your husband when you're just finding out about right. the autism? Right. Um,
1: I like to say that when I look back on our history, I kind of divide it into two sections, kind of like history's got AD and BC. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got before autism and after autism.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So our after autism started in 2004 when our family uh, and Jeremy was just a baby at the time. He was an infant, came back from serving on missions abroad in Central Asia. Mm. And uh, we came back and my husband committed to full-time ministry. We had an extraordinary year. Jeremy was healthy the entire time. and So we thought, you know, God blessed us and we're just going right. to continue on this amazing journey of blessings. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right. And, um, uh, but he wasn't talking at the time. He was 18 mm-hmm. months old. So we thought, okay, maybe he's just confused over all the different languages he'd heard abroad. So, uh, we hadn't tested for several things, uh, fast forward about six months and we were surprised to get the diagnosis of autism. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could tell you that we had responded in a way that I would expect a former missionary right. worship leader's wife would respond yep. But, um, I didn't, I, you know, now that I look back, I responded in a very human way, but at Mm -hmm. that time, um, I was mad. Yeah. I was mad flat out. I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I was mad. I just felt so betrayed by Mm -hmm. God. Like, okay, we just went on missions. We committed our lives to serve you. And this is what we get. So God and I had a problem, or rather I had a problem with him, Mm -hmm. but I felt trapped, you know, because here we are in ministry and all of these things. We had just stepped off a platform, literally giving praise and testimonies. And now what am I going to (laughs) do? And now what am I going to do? So that kicked off about a five-year struggle of just a spiritual depression. And I just, like when I found out that my child had a cognitive disability, I was also struck with a spiritual disability. Mm And everything that I had grown up with, yes. all the Sunday school lessons, even all the preaching that I might have gone to the other side of the world to do, mm-hmm. all came back and um, just, it was just flatline. And I had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of questions, yes. yeah. <laughs> a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think now that I think about it, there are questions that I think all of us have when something goes south. You know, why did God let this happen? Right? Why us? Um, it's not fair. Is there something that I did to cause this? Is this some kind of cosmic punishment? How are we going to get through this? Is God going to fix it? You know, if, is he going to bless and he's a redeemer and he's a miracle maker? Is he going to heal our son? And if he's not, how am I going to trust him again? Yes. How am I going to trust him again? So that was about five years. And so I really struggled with this Bible that I had banked my life mm-hmm. on. And so I had a dilemma, so I had to work it out. So I said, okay, I'm either going to go through this Bible once more, um, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to come to a conclusion where I either go one way or the other, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of call it, I had a throw down with yeah. the Almighty. I <laughs> love it. Yep, Yeah. I had a throw down with the Almighty. But here's the thing, when a mere mortal throws down with the Almighty, guess who usually wins? Yeah, I've, I've been there, done
0: that, and it wasn't right. me. So. Right, right. You so, know. Oh, Becky,
1: and I know you've gone several rounds in that (laughs)
0: throwdown. Yeah, I didn't win, but you know, but I did. But it's a glorious defeat. But I did. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It is a glorious defeat. And so, um,
1: you know, over a period of time, the Word of God came alive to me in a way that it never did. Mm. It really came alive in a way that it never did. And just to give you a couple examples, um, you know, I started from Genesis. I said, "Okay, we're going through this from the beginning. It's yeah. a reboot." So I never appreciated in the Book of Genesis when God is the first parent in history, mm. and He was the perfect parent. He did everything right, mm-hmm. and He splashed out big to prepare for the first children that He would ever have. Yeah. And yeah. yet, those children turned out the way didn't turn out the way He expected either, mm-hmm. and they broke His heart. And it got to a point where, you know, when we get to the account of Noah, that he even regretted having them at all. Yes. Yeah. And I just went, oh, Mm -hmm. he gets it, you know, and further on, you know, in the book of Isaiah, he's the father of a wounded son. Mm -hmm. So he knows my mama bear heart, how that feels when my son is rejected, when he's not invited to the parties, when people make fun of him, he knows that mama bear feeling of wanting to defend um, so he gets that too. And then I just had a new appreciation for the book of Psalms. Like I didn't quite realize that it was the thickest book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's the thickest book in the Bible. And it's just full of people going, what is up God? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. yeah come yeah. on now. <laughs> and you know, you know, as a younger person who had never experienced any kind of trial or significant mm-hmm. devastation, the book of Psalms truly came alive in a way that it never did. So That really spoke to me like, oh, not only is trial and tribulation and devastation and people going, what's up, God? I'm not the first person to do this, but God gives us permission to grieve because he let this book be in there. You know, if I was the editor, I'd be like, oh no, this is bad stuff. This is going to cause people to struggle. Let's edit this out. (laughs) Right, but God allows that, and so He honors our humanity and our brokenness and our questions. And um, you know, just even Jesus when He was at the Garden of Gethsemane He's preparing for the cross, mm-hmm. and He, this is, you know, He is hard pressed, and He asks His friends, "Can you just sit with me? Because I'm yeah. troubled to the point of death." And His friends basically let Him down. They didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so He knows that feeling of nobody, nobody can help me. Yeah, nobody's yeah. got my back. I, yeah. nobody's got my back. I am all alone yeah. here. And then, you know, on the cross when he cries out, you know,
0: Lord, why have you forsaken me? I mean, Becky, don't we say that sometimes? Oh like, my goodness. Yeah. Right? I was, yeah. When my, when, when I'm sitting there holding my son and he's having a, another seizure and I'm going, come on, God, you could stop yeah. this, you know, yeah. in those yeah. moments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So it's just, it, the word of God came alive in a new way that I never expected. Mm-hmm. And so the very thing This very diagnosis, the very situation of a disability that I thought would decimate my faith. God Mm. repurposed into the very thing that would draw me closer Mm. to him and understand his heart in a way that I never had before. And
0: and in that beautiful, you know, and I think so often people look at people who are in ministry, you and I are both in full-time ministry and that, you know, that they hear us saying, yes, I was angry Mm. at God. I was angry at my situation. And I think it gives them permission to go. You know, it's okay for me to feel that way too, but but we don't stay there. We process through. And that's what you did by delving into the word. Mm -hmm. You chose not to stay in that place of anger and bitter bitterness. Okay. So I spent some time on your website and I learned some more about you and you have a special needs mom manifesto. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about being wrecked, redeemed and repurposed, repurposed. And I would love for you to share More about that. Right.
1: And so, you know, I talked about how the word of God really came alive in a way that I never expected. And so, after a period of struggling, God didn't necessarily heal our son of his disability. In Mm -hmm. fact, you know, it's been 18 years now. We would tack on an extra five just to keep things spicy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, God didn't (laughs) heal him of his disability, his cognitive disability, but he healed me of my spiritual disability. Mm -hmm. And What I like to say is that um, the thing that I thought would wreck me, God redeemed and repurposed into a calling and a conviction to comfort others with the comfort that I had received. Mm, That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And isn't that so important when, you know, when we we can get to that place of taking that pain and then using it to love and serve others who are on the same journey. I love nothing more than meeting a new young mom who's just Mm. starting out Mm. and be able to to walk with her through that and through that, that moment of being wrecked and then letting it be redeemed and then repurposed into helping others. And so that is beautiful. Now your book, oh my goodness. I love your book, unbroken Mm. faith. And okay. I love how it's broken down, Mm. how you have it broken down. You've got your chapter where you've written the chapter and then you've got unbreakable promises, which are the scriptures that go along, with the truths in that chapter and then a prayer and then questions. I mean, it's great for small groups. I'm sure you've had lots of different groups use this book in church settings or groups of moms or dads. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful layout to be able to do that, but I also love your chapter titles. (laughs) They were, I mean, I was looking through again yesterday and the one that's never Lord when God won't behave. That just stood out to me. I love that. I was like, because how many times have we felt that way? So yeah. how did you come up with that title, When God Won't Behave? Well, it's so funny. Um, I, Becky, I never planned to write
1: a book, mm-hmm. you know. So all of this was basically my journal in that five-year wow. period of struggling. So I pretty much had my own like Genesis 32, Jacob, you know, Mount Peniel experience where me and God are just doing business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was so full of rage and and confusion and chaos, and yet we were in ministry, so I felt like I had nowhere to go. Right. I had nowhere to go with all of this, so I poured all of my struggles, and I'm wrestling with the word of God, into a private password-protected journal. Mm. And that is where I could be totally naked and feel no shame. And so the questions that we all have, but we're afraid to say in polite company, especially in church company, I just Mm -hmm. put it down there. I said, you know, things like... (laughs) why us, you know, why aren't you behaving? Is this it? Is this all Mm -hmm. we get? So there's certain questions that all of us ask um, a lot of those why questions, but just, you know, statements, like the titles that, you know, in the book um, that just talk about the core issues that we all have with God when we are wrestling. So that's where each of those Mm -hmm. titles came from.
0: And well, it's, it's so creative. And and it's like that one, especially, I was like, yes, God, why do you not behave sometimes? Why don't you fit into the box of what I think (laughs) Things are supposed to look like. And right. so why did you then want to take your journals and then put mm-hmm. it into a book? What was your heart behind the
1: book? Um, Again, I never planned to write a book. Um, If God had told me from the very beginning, guess what, you're going to write a book, I would have just jumped on the first boat to Tarshish and done a yeah. Jonah, which is basically <laughs> yeah. what I did. But um, so after God had healed me, we found ourselves in a position where I started to connect with other special needs parents because we are such a great resource for each other. Right. And so I needed other special needs parents and, um, in God's sense of humor. Um, I ended up leading a parent support group at a church that we started attending and it was crazy to me because as I'm getting to know all of these different families, and it's a very diverse, multi ethnic church. So you've got families from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different diagnoses. And yet we all had the same core questions
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, you know, how am I going to trust God? Why did he let this happen? What does the Bible have to do with mm-hmm. this? And those are the very things that God had already settled for me through the word of God and that I had in that journal. So what I would do is I would go back to my journal, um, clean up some of the words. <laughs> because that's why it was password protected. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Make it, um, you know, acceptable for church consumption. <laughs> We're in polite company now. It's not just me and a forgiving God doing this. There you So I would end up just going back to my journal and say, Mm -hmm. you know what? I struggled with this too. And I'm not Mm -hmm. here to preach, but this is how God answered it for me. Mm And so that's where it started, and then it started to get a little bit unwieldy. And, and God put up on, on my heart, Diane, you can't go to Starbucks with every single special needs parent mm. that you ever meet. Yeah. So that's when He started to kind of put things in motion for me to write things and to blog things, and that's just a whole other testimony as to how He got me off that shit from Tarshish
0: mm-hmm. to actually agreeing to just write, agree this to book. obey, and do yes. what yeah to do what He called right. you to do. Yeah. Right.
1: So enough whales, um, you know, swallow yeah. me up. A bit. Okay, I get it, Lord. I got it now. Yeah. yeah, I got it and so he just put this book in motion, which was never meant to be a book, but it was the cries of my heart and it's how God meets the cries of our hearts through His word. Mm-hmm. and again those struggles are universal, no matter what it is, whether it's a disability, a death or the death of the, the dream, we all have mm-hmm. those struggles and the God has and God in his word has answers.
0: yeah well, and what I love is that it's like a, like you said, I'm reading through it and I'm going, these are all the emotions and feelings that I felt when our son got diagnosed and all those early years and all those questions and all those things. And then it goes into, you know, when I, even when I lost my husband, the mm. same thing, you know, all those same feelings and emotions that went along with that. And so it's just a beautiful way for a for, to put into a written word for a family to, to feel okay about their feelings. I think so often people think it's, that it's, not okay to feel those feelings. And, you know, I I was speaking with someone last week and she was sharing with me about her mother passing away, not too long after Jeff had passed away. And Mm. she said, I was so angry. And I said, so was I, I said, I was so mad and so angry at God. She said, I am so glad to hear you say that. Mm -hmm. she She felt guilty because of how angry she had been. And I said, but she wasn't in that place anymore. And so I think when we give people permission to have those feelings, but then give them the tools Mm. you're giving them not, you're given, giving them the space to feel those feelings. Right. But then you're giving them the tools to move on. Right. And I, you know, that really was God given.
1: And I think a lot of the affirmation and confirmation for me came when I would have parents or even folks that had nothing to do with disability. Like a, a girlfriend of mine was going through a painful divorce that would read this and say, you said the things that are in my heart, but I didn't have words to say, or I didn't think I had permission to say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just, you know, going through some of these titles, it's, it's not supposed to be this way. Right. Um, what more could I have done? Um, don't you care, God? And I think the, the big whammy for all of us parents with children with disability is I can never die.
0: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. never die. And I think the other thing that we struggle with is, you know, a lot of times well-meaning folks, especially in church, will say, oh, you're so blessed. God only gives special children to special people. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, this does not feel like a blessing and I am not qualified. That's right. So a lot of these core issues that we feel like we can't give words to, Mm -hmm. um, but I really feel that God um, gave um, clothing and words so that we could realize we're not alone in this and God needs us where we are
0: and and it's just a great way like like i said to to put those to put it down and give you permission mm. to, to feel those feelings and, and to work anything work you through it so you're not stuck i see so many parents who get stuck in anger or mm-hmm. in denial you know yeah. and, and can't move through that process of getting to a place of acceptance and you and i will, would both say that there is sheer joy that comes when we can get to that place of going, okay, this is God's best for our family. Doesn't make it easy, it mm-hmm. doesn't take all the problems away. But I mean, I have joy and peace in my heart that I would have never had if I'd stayed back in that place of of anger and bitterness. Um, you know, and I think for for special needs families, one of the things, and I've experienced it myself, that is so hard is knowing how to ask for help. You know, we all want to feel like we've got it all figured out. (laughs) We don't need any help. We can do this all by ourselves. Right. And the reality is we all need to be a help to each other, but you have come up with a solution for those of us who struggle (laughs) uh, being able to express how people can help us. We've all had people come to us and go, how can I help you? And, and quite honestly, There's many times I'm so frazzled, I couldn't tell you, but tell us what you have come up with. Exactly. So, you know, so I have experienced this dilemma and I know every
1: parent has felt this. Anybody who's going through a lot where you'll have, like you said, Becky, people come up to you and say, let me know how I can help. But like, you're so busy just trying to get your brain together. that The last thing you have capacity for is to get a list together. Right. And even if you wanted to, there's something in us, you know, as moms, as parents that feels this kind of shame, like, Oh no, I'm embarrassed. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's tantamount to expressing that I can't parent by myself. Exactly. I'm a failure. Right. So, I mean, I think the enemy does a real, it has a real playground in our minds and mm-hmm. just getting it, keeping us trapped in that space. And so I struggled with that. I said, here's the struggle. I have a ton of things that I could use. Use help with, and thankfully, there are you know people that I love and trust in our concentric circles. I bless them, I call them first responders that are asking, I Love it! How can we help? But there's this chasm, so how can we fix that? So, what I did was I brainstormed with my team, I said, Okay you as special needs parents, especially when you're really in the thick of it, what are the, like the top 50 things Mm. that if they could read your mind and there was no shame that you really could appreciate help with, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was basic stuff like a meal, laundry, sitting with me at the IEP or sitting with me Mm -hmm. at the doctors or just bringing me caffeine or just listening and letting me vent and not trying to fix it. So there were consistent answers. And so what i did was i came up with this thing called a help wish list so it's kind of like a bridal registry or baby registry love it yeah so um so you know it's 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 a pdf document or it's an online form Mm -hmm. and i have this on my website that if you are one of those first responders you know you're a family member you're a neighbor you're a church friend or whatever and you know that you have a friend that's going through a hard time you can send this help wish list and say okay I mean it when I say I want to help. I'm not just saying it. So, you know, send it to them and say, you know what? I'm going to come back, Becky, in seven days. And I expect to have this form <laughs> completed mm-hmm. by you because I'm not just saying I want to help. I really need it. And so um, it's, it's that expression, help me help you. Mm-hmm. Help me help you. And, and so that's the help wish list.
0: And it's beautiful and it's great. And it's so laid out so easily to be able to to just check off where mm-hmm. you need help. And then you have spaces where you can write things in. And Exactly. I had a friend who wanted to bring me dinner one night when John Alex was in the hospital. And, and I was like, no, I quit. I was like, no, you don't need to do that. She's got a large family. And I took the blessing away from her. She mm. was going, she had it all planned. She said, Becky, I had it all planned out. Mm. I had my stops, how I was going to come to your house and drop things off. And, and I said, okay, I won't ever do that again. And she mm. said, Next time I'm just not going to tell you, I'm just going to show up. And, right. you know, but that's a beautiful way to be able to, um, take the pressure off. Yeah, on both sides, because nobody's a mind reader. Exactly. Nobody's a mind exactly. reader. Yeah. And, and then gives them gives a clear, clear, concise what needs to be done. So yeah. and that can be found on your website. On my website, yes. Okay. If you go to my website,
1: com, I'm sure you'll have it all in the show notes. You sure. You will. just do a, a Google search or a search on my website
0: for the help wish list and you'll find it right there. And it's such a great tool. So thank you for doing that. Now, this is Autism Awareness Month. For those of us who have kids on the spectrum, it's always Autism Awareness Day (laughs) minute, you know, moment. But yeah, life exactly. Uh, But you know, is living in the world of autism, special needs world, is challenging enough as it is. But then when you add in a worldwide pandemic, Mm. oh my goodness! You know, you're dealing with virtual learning, lockdowns, (laughs) unable for our kids to be able to go where they (laughs) want to go. Okay, how's it really, truthfully, truthfully? How's it been for your family for during all this? Oh, Becky. No words. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) come on you're an author you've got to have words (laughs) well that just tells you how it's gone there you go there you go
1: like it takes a lot to take the words away from a wordy person but it has just been indescribable right yeah and I know that your listeners are nodding and indescribably hard looks different for every family I mean yeah like you said our baseline every day even pre-pandemic was just a matter of survival Mm -hmm. but when this hit it just put it on a whole nother level Mm -hmm. so yeah it's, it's
0: it's tested and stressed us like very few things have. Yeah. And you all are, you live in a part of the country that's more um, restricted than like, we're not as restricted as you are. And so I can't imagine um, how challenging that has got to be, especially if you have a child who's used to routines and Mm -hmm. and wants to do things in a certain way. And then Now, are you doing virtual learning now? How is yes, all that? Yes, going- we have. And so um, we all know, and we're just going to say it, distance learning
1: sucks. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Distance learning is is a misnomer, especially when it comes to a lot of our kids. Absolutely. It just doesn't work that way. Bless their hearts for trying, but this is, it's just, it kind of, you know, it's an exercise in futility. So we really struggled. I really struggled. So um, as you mentioned, we're in California and we, you know, we're, and we're actually in Santa Clara County, which I heard is the strictest area in the entire country, Wow, wow. the strictest area in the entire country. So there is nobody coming in, nobody coming out, especially, you know, for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, like you said, we are used to relying on an extensive network of helpers and respite providers and, you know, teachers and, and wow. all of that. All of a sudden, all of that is on me it's on mom or it's on dad or it's on both. Um, and so now I am a paraprofessional. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which,
0: you know, just one more hat to wear. No, no big Uh, deal. No no big deal. deal.
1: So it's, it's been really hard. It's brought us to, you know, brought us to our knees once again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just trying to navigate and swim through it all. I talk, I, have, I have a young mom who I'm friends with who lives in Boston, and she's got two boys, mm. one with autism, and she's she's constantly going back and forth between Zooms. You know, when yeah. like, how in the world does that even yeah work? You know, how, how I'm I'm thankful my son is out of school. Actually, that part has been a blessing for us. But do you have any? practical tips for those parents out there who are trying to figure out how to make this work in their world right um I think the first thing
1: was you know we all shifted or at least those of us with students in the house we shifted to distance learning
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and of course this is going to pan out for everybody differently but um it just wasn't working you know and granted the first few months everybody was scrambling and that was like the steepest part of the learning curve but um for me, when I realized that, you know, having a bunch of young adults who have cognitive disabilities on a zoom with 20 other AIDS, <laughs> it was it's just, comical almost, it was comical. It's yeah. it comical to think it about was just ridiculous. And so I realized that if this is going to work at all, or even like the lowest common denominator of what's even possibly remotely workable, it has to be one-on-one. Mm. So what I did was when I realized, okay, You know, this is school, (laughs) we're mandated, you know, we can opt out. But one of the solutions that I came up with was when I realized that our son responded better to one on one, Mm -hmm. I basically hired a fleet of individual tutors to do distance tutoring virtually, uh, one on one across Zoom. And so I would take, you know, the skills and the objectives and, you know, the goals that we were working on mm-hmm. and convert them in a way that they could do it across Zoom one-on-one.
0: That's a whole job
1: right there. Just That is. That. Yeah. yeah. So I basically started my own virtual tutoring company for a party of one. Um, and so we, we were really fortunate. We had people in four different time zones, Becky. That is amazing. <laughs> so that worked for us, but I realize, and I certainly understand that you know Zoom, even if it is one on one, doesn't work for everybody. But you know that was one thing that was really helpful. But I think um, first thing that kind of resets everything and makes all of this survival ball is to adjust my expectations. Absolutely, yes. To yeah. realistically lower my expectations, um, I think that's actually the first thing Mm -hmm. of recognizing that in a way this is wartime oh yeah yeah (laughs) this is a season of war and so we have to shift from just living and thriving as normal to survival Mm mm-hmm and when you are in a season of war and you're in survival mode, your expectations and standards just have to change. They have to change, yeah. So, you know, and I think for all of us, for the first handful of months, we were just driving ourselves crazy because not mm. only, you know, are we just trying to you know do life that's completely changed and all of our support's been taken away, suddenly we got three meals to cook every day. <laughs> it, yes.
0: And you've got a house full house. of people exactly. running their foot all, all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it's just practically, you know, I just – Downshifted Mm -hmm. um, what I expected to get on the table and when it got there, on what level it was. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay if it's just one pot, it's okay if it's just processed, it's okay if half the time we're doing takeout, it's okay. Are we fed? Are we surviving? So just shifting those expectations. Yeah. And uh, Becky, just to let you know, I'm Asian American. And so putting quality handmade food, you know, from mother to children and to family is a huge thing in my culture. Mm-hmm. And it, I just had to get over the shame, the the, it, the sense of like, oh man, it's pizza for the second day in a yeah. row. Yeah. Um, just let that go. We're in a time of warfare. So just even be thankful that we can do KFC two mm-hmm. nights in a row. Absolutely. So just lowering expectations mm-hmm. for standards, for just domestic and cooking, um, you know, guess what? We are just going to mop the floors once
0: a month. I just said something shameful, didn't I? <laughs> oh, I believe, just... I'm sure there are other moms out there who are going, amen, yes. <laughs> you know, and it is okay. Just
1: just really downshifting our mm-hmm. expectations of what I expect of myself and of all of us at this time, even in terms of productivity in my work. So not just downshifting my expectations of myself, but also of my spouse Mm -hmm. and of my kids, the people that I'm cooped up with, this is hard for them too. Absolutely. This is really hard for them too. And so I'm struggling with my child, my children, but just recognizing this is hard on all of us and just Mm -hmm. giving each other grace, like, okay, we're all in a season of warfare together. We're all bunkered up in the same place and um yeah just lowering expectations of church and friends again that victim mentality mm-hmm. creeps up in me if like yeah. why isn't anybody helping why isn't it it's well because they're in a season of warfare too
0: absolutely yeah they're all
1: trying to just survive in their homes mm-hmm. too so um just shifting expectations all around and at the same time being able to ask for help if it's necessary bless their hearts the people that do have capacity that are you know texting and, and saying hey yeah. you want to get together on zoom what do you need um having my wish list meals yeah please feed us yeah yeah feed us just, please yeah <laughs> just send us a 50 dollars grubhub card exactly. and that will be the hugest blessing on earth yes you, you don't even y'all don't even need to pray for me just, just, you, just yeah you don't even have to <laughs> pick it up you don't have to make anything gift <laughs> card gift card, gift grubhub. card. Grubhub. yes grubhub. that is yeah. the big you know y- y- yeah literally i don't need a scripture i don't
0: need words of encouragement i need a meal <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to say amen to that. I'm going to say amen to that because that is the truth. We need those practical needs met. And then you can bring me a scripture and say, you know.
1: And just one more thing that I want to highlight. And, you know, I'm sharing, I'm I'm going to be vulnerable here. It took a lot of months of just being pummeled before I shifted gears and said, okay, I need to lower my expectations for everything right now. this has been a mentally punishing time for the planet, but especially for our families, yes, especially for caregivers and parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, I will just say 2020 was the year that I took advantage of the golden age of therapy, yeah, and I call it the golden age of therapy because everyone has shifted to telehealth and virtual. Right. Yes. yes. And so, you know, before, I think a lot of us parents would say, Oh, I can't get to a counselor. We can't get <sighs> to a the therapist. Who's going to watch right. my child. I can't get right. out of the house and the expense of all of that. Well, guess what? All they those therapists be. are now yeah. online. Yeah. So, you know, go through your insurance or whatever, not, and find therapists, married and family therapists who, mm-hmm. who can be there. And so um, I think that's probably one of the greatest gifts of self-care that I did for myself mm-hmm. this year. Um, taking advantage of just the mental health resources that are out there. And um, again, and there's no God. shame
0: in that. There's exactly. no shame in that, you know? Because everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the cool kids are doing it. All the it. cool kids are doing therapy, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, I would
1: say that's just some of the most
0: helpful things that have
1: helped us survive thus far.
0: Survive, yeah. And, yeah. and it looks like uh, you are... Pressing on and moving forward, and who you know, we're at the beginning of 2021. We'll see what 2021 has to hold, but we we are strong and resilient, right? Well, well you know, going. that's the
1: other thing. I I would like to say that special needs parenting, um, really kind of set us up and positioned us to totally go into true. any trauma. Yeah. Like, you know what? I've already gone through bombs going off in my house. I've already been decimated. (laughs) So this is just act two. This, exactly. This is just act two. So, you know, just when we dealt with the initial trauma of knowing and accepting your new life as a special needs family, as a family affected by disability, and, you know, God used that to reset my expectations of what I expected out of life. What I expect from this planet, what mm-hmm. I expected from my Christian life, um, that it wasn't going to be, well, if I do this, then God should give me that, um, you know, to just reset my whole expectation that God is this heavenly vending machine. And like, this is a messed up planet. It's going to be messed up. Mm-hmm. So we just need to kind of survive it with our ultimate hope in heaven. Amen. Keep
0: looking up. Keep yeah. looking
1: up. This is a temporary situation, mm-hmm. but we have an eternal and permanent, perfect you know, eternity with yes. heaven. So that helps our temperance. Like this is going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot longer, but you know, the vaccines are rolling out and just all of that. But no matter what life throws at us, we have the eternal hope of heaven and all this that we go through on this life is temporary.
0: Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's just going to be a split second in reality. And then we'll be, we'll be at home in heaven and yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to close out by just, if, you know, if I always know that there's young moms who are listening or mm-hmm. young dads who are starting out on this journey
1: mm-hmm.
0: and are maybe looking for just, you know, they're just in those early days of just surviving mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what in the world this life is going to look like. What would you say to them to encourage them to just keep going
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: going to get better?
1: I would say the first thing is give yourself permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. Give yourself permission to fume, to say the things, to feel the feels, get it all out. Mm-hmm. Get it all out with a, in a safe place with safe people. Um, it's kind of like this. Um, when you're heart sick or when you're physically sick, let's say you've got stomach flu or whatever. Um, you can only keep all that stuff in there for so long, right? You got to just get rid of it if you really want to get better. Yes. You know, without being too indelicate there. Yes, understood. (laughs) And it's the same with being heart sick. Mm -hmm. You've got to get all of that bitterness and bile and confusion and rage out so that good stuff and health and recovery can Mm -hmm. come in. So give yourself permission to grieve. And I would say grieve up. Mm. grieve up, take it to God. He is that safe place. You can say anything, do yeah. anything. And there is grace to meet us in our time of yeah. need. So give yourself permission to grieve. Um, and I know you will find your people, yeah. yeah, other special needs families and parents who get it. They may not get the exact intricacies, but when you feel like nobody gets it, mm-hmm. um, there are other families that get it. Yeah. And there is also a savior who gets that feeling of otherness because there is only one person in history that has gone through something so exclusive. Mm -hmm. So he gets that feeling of otherness. No one knows what I'm going through. So Jesus is with you in that. And this is, you're in the, and I would say to young families, you're in the thick of it now. Yes. You are in the steepest part of the learning curve. Give yourself grace, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: give your family members, your spouse, if you're married, grace everybody grieves differently. Everybody processes differently. You're in the thick of it now. So right now, just give each other a lot Mm -hmm. of grace, including yourself. Um, this is a season and there will be other future, longer, better seasons. Mm. We promise you that. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It is. It does get, it gets not necessarily, uh, things, things change and it's different and you have different challenges that come, but that the peace that can come in your heart Um, if you give things over to God is absolutely amazing. So yeah, and we'll give you those special needs parents sea legs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today and sharing your heart and all the amazing things you have out there. Now your website is we'll have it in the the thing. We already talked about it. We'll have it in the, the show notes so people can find you there. And then you have your book, Unbroken Faith, which is absolutely beautiful and just such a great resource for parents. And it can be found on Amazon, I'm sure,
1: wherever mm-hmm. books are sold,
0: wherever books are sold. So be sure to check that out. And so, Diane, thank you so much for your time. And I am so excited to for our listeners to get to know more about you and hopefully go get your book. So thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you, Becky.
1: Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org
0: or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.